Hey y'all, um, welcome back to Becoming Her Podcast. Um, I know I've been gone for quite some time, but I am back and I had to take a little break just to clear my mind, to allow God to speak to me the way that he speaks to me. Amen. And I didn't want to uh, release an episode that didn't really didn't have any substance to my heart. Um, I really, as I continue to say throughout this podcast, um, this is not something that I envisioned that I wanted to share. Everything that I'm doing um, as of now pertaining to the podcast, um, what's coming up in 2024, all of this is God and I'm following his instructions. And it was a point... um, during my sabbatical, through my absence of the two weeks that you guys didn't get an episode, I was really zoning in and talking to God and really getting an understanding of like my emotions, uh, hearing him, allowing him to just speak to my heart, make sure that my pos- my heart posture was clean, was pure. So that way, when I release information, it won't be from an emotional standpoint, if I'm making sense. Um, Because we tend to speak from emotions, opposed to speaking from our heart. um, And really having wisdom of the matter and getting understanding, clarity of what God is saying to us in this moment. And the song that you heard was called Deliver Me. Um, by Daniel Lawrence featuring Leandria Johnson. And this was for me confirmation. And I admonish each and every one of you to listen to the words. Um, one of the things that stand, one of the chorus, the chorus actually stands out because it says, this is my exodus, which means this is my exit out of captivity. This is my exit out of bondage. This is my exit out of the, the strongholds those things that's trying to keep a hold of me to prevent me from moving forward, to prevent me from moving into who God called me to be, right? And each of us have some type of oppression or some type of situation that's keeping you held bondage, right? So this song, the Lord placed this song in my spirit, um, I would say maybe a week ago. And I was going back and forth on what to title this particular scripture, this particular episode, excuse me. I was going back and forth and I said, oh, I'm going to do friend talk. Then I'm going to say divine connections and I'm going to have all my friends chime in. And I was going to have guest speakers come on. And the Holy Spirit did not, that was not the direction that the Holy Spirit was leading me in. Um... So I really needed to be clear. Like it wasn't moving my spirit. I didn't get that that release. Like, yeah, this is the one. Um, so I sat down with God and I talked to him and I said, Hey, I need you to help me. Like, I really need clear instructions on what my next episode is gonna be. I need the scripture reference, I need the context, I need the title, like I need to understand what is it this season this period that i'm going through and i need to speak on it and i need to share it right because that's what you gave me and i'm laying in bed 
and he dropped in my spirit, deliver me. That's all I heard was the song, deliver me. And as I'm hearing the song over and over and over in my head, I said, that's the title of this episode. So this episode is called Deliver Me. This episode stems from a teaching from my shepherd that he's been doing for a few months now, I would say. And it's called, What Does the Bible Say About Deliverance? Right? And it's it's been an amazing series. It's eye-opening. It made me pay attention to things that I didn't really pay attention to. And um, it highlighted something for me. Um, My brother in Christ, who's a bishop, um, he taught last Sunday. Shout out to Bishop Jonathan Shaw. Shout out to Andre Cook and the Life Chapel. Um, He taught yesterday and he stood along the vein of what our shepherd, our spiritual father was teaching. Excuse me, guys. Which is, what does the Bible say about deliverance? And he literally said, uh, deliverance is a choice. We are already healed. And our scripture reference, as most of you know, for my newcomers, my new listeners, um, we always, the Holy Spirit told me to have a scriptural reference as our foundation. Excuse me again. Um, A scripture reference is always going to be our foundation of what we base the topic on. And as I said, the topic of tonight's episode is called Deliver Me. And it stems from um, what my pastor was teaching of what does the Bible say about deliverance. And then my brother in Christ, who's who's a bishop, taught yes on last Sunday that, oh, excuse me. I don't know what's going on. It's like every time I get ready to talk, I have to yarn and I bind up the enemy with that. Um, He said, we are already healed. But deliverance, deliverance is a choice. Now, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5 is going to be our scriptural reference. But there's one verse at the end of 5 that I want us to hone in on. I'm going to read Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5, and it reads from the New King James Version in the Life Application Study Bible. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Now, Jesus, Isaiah was a prophet, and the Lord chose Isaiah to speak these prophetic messages to um, the children of Israel, excuse me, of the children of Israel. They was held in captivity. He was speaking, actually, he was speaking to the nation of Judah. Judah was going through, they was bugging out, right? So... The Lord sent Isaiah to speak these prophetic messages and things of that nature. Now, after I finished studying the book of Mark, and I'm seeing all of the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus is doing, I am in a season where the Lord has already healed me. However, he wanted me to be completely delivered 
from the things, places, and people that were a part of my trauma. What are you saying, Erica? So in this season that God has me in, um, he has me in a season of preparation. And in the season of preparation, he's removing a lot of people from my life. Friends, family, uh, partners, intimate partners, previous intimate partners. He's removing a lot of people. He's making room for the new connections that I'm about to uh, come across. He is uh, pretty much answering the prayers that I have of wanting healthy relationships. And um, throughout my season of preparation, a lot of people were removed from my space. And in his removing people, he also brought a new set of individuals into my life that are healthy, that are beneficial for my growth, that can hold me accountable, that have wisdom, that share the same values and beliefs that I do. Um, you're never going to have a person that's thinking just like you. No, that's why he sanctified you which means he separated you and made you different from everybody else. But he, he, the Lord will send individuals that are like-minded, that share similar values, if not the same, that is going to be able to hold you accountable and that can have some type of understanding of the anointing that's on your life for the oil that you carry. That's not going to allow you to forfeit what God said for you. Um, that's including family as well. And this is also what I wanted to speak on. So reading the book of Matthew, finishing that up, um, reading his word and all the miracle signs and wonders that he was doing. And as Jesus was telling his disciples, like, um, he was warning them, like, Hey, he was preparing them. Thank you. Holy spirit. He was preparing them for his departure. He was telling them like, Hey, Start doing this because you're not going to have me anymore in the flesh. Because we have to be mindful that Jesus was in flesh. He was man. He was half man, half spirit. So he was in, he was man. He was human. He was on the earth. Amen. And he was one of his disciples and he was giving them warnings and warnings and warnings. And it goes further to his crucifixion and all the things that he had to endure. The suffering that he had to endure. In order for us to be forgiven for our sins to have eternal life. It gives us different perspectives within the five synoptic gospels. The five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible in the New Testament. It tells different perspectives of Jesus' ministry. It gives their perspectives of following him and what they saw and what they received from that and things of that nature. So I'm reading that and I'm like, wow, like. He was sent here for me to die for my sin of me fornicating, of drinking and smoking and all these things. Jesus was came and died so that way I could have eternal life, which means I have a second chance at life to get it right. Just like you do. So now I'm getting ready to prepare for this episode and he gave me deliver me and the scripture reference he gave me was Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 because he said Erica you're healed already you're healed from those sins you're healed from fornication you're healed from drinking you're healed from smoking having substance abuse you're healed from all of those things 
Now I need you to be delivered. So that way you won't take this into your next. I hope you guys are following, right? So, and I said early on that deliverance is a choice. What does that mean? It's a choice. So a sin for me at one point was fornication. Fornication means having sex before marriage, just giving up your body, just willy-nilly, things of that nature, right? Whether you're in a committed relationship or not, at the end of the day, if you're in a committed relationship and you're following Christ and you're following, you're living like Christ, as what he said, you should not be fornicating. Now, everybody has their own conviction of when God is dealing with them, when he deals with them, but you are not, you are not supposed to be living in sin you're not supposed if you're in a committed relationship you are not supposed to be having sex whether god told you that's your husband or your wife or not you're not supposed to be having sex like that make god a liar he does not allow for you to be shacking up with your person or having sex with them again this is not passing judgment this is not condemning jesus deals with everybody separately on their own thing but jesus will never condone shacking up he will never condone a committed a relationship whether he called you guys to marriage to fornicate no that's not the order he's a god of order he's not a god of disorder he's not the author of confusion so therefore i'm never gonna stand in agreement with that but who am i to say or condemn you or judge you that's not why i'm here i just won't stand in agreement to it anywho um so that is a sin now in my sin even though my children are a blessing i love them to death i have to deal with the consequences of my sin now what is the consequences of my sin because death no longer has power to kill us due to the sin sin has no power death has no power because when jesus died on the cross his spirit went down to hell grabbed the keys and came back up and ascended into heaven so he overpowered, he beat death. Let's be very clear. Jesus beat death. His spirit went down to hell, picked up the keys, took the keys and went up and ascended into heaven. So therefore death has no power here on earth. So the consequences, I have, we all have to live with the consequences of our sin. Whatever your sin is, there are some consequences that you have to pay for that. And you have to live with that. So therefore, the consequences of my sin is that I have two children out of wedlock. Not that my children are the consequences, the actions behind it. So therefore, let me give you an example. My children, my son's father has, is not in his life. He hasn't been in his life for quite some time for multiple reasons that is not conducive, that don't make sense. However, that's the path that I chose. I chose to lean into my own understanding. I chose to live in the world i chose to follow what the world is saying i chose to follow what the world is doing and in that it resulted to me having unprotected sex in result of that it made me give birth to an amazing baby boy who i love dearly he's he's an honorable student he's doing amazing i have no shame in that but due to the fact that my son no longer had a father figure in his life i had to deal with the consequences of the possibility of my son looking to the streets for love resorting to a gang hustling whatever that may be what's going on right now for some of our young men who lack father 
figures who lack a father, right? But um, in the midst of my journey, I gave my life over to Christ. I had my daughter, again, repeated the cycle. And this is before I had my daughter before I got into, you know, gave my life to Christ. I had my daughter in 2017. You would think I learned from the previous, but no. Um, again, stand in agreement with the enemy, paying attention to what my friends are doing, uh, watching them, thinking they live in their best life and they really not. They're miserable. They're not at peace. They're crying. They're all these things, right? And um, my daughter's father is in her life, but there's some consequences. It's verbally abusive. Um, it's just a lot. And it's like, that's not what God had for me. But I have to live with the consequences of my sin of fornicating. Now, what is my deliverance from that? Not to fornicate. Because, Erica, if you fornicate again, if you revert back to fornicating, if you revert back to putting yourself in that environment that's going to allow you, what is that environment? Uh, drinking, hanging out with certain people that stands in agreement that don't see nothing wrong with fornication. That's a problem. You have to change your environment. If you... Um, need to be delivered from smoking you should not be at a cigar bar if you need to be delivered from drinking you should not be going to a bar at all you should not have a bar in your home you should be removed from that anybody that drink they should either you don't go or if they really your friends they should not have that around you it's not a friendship is way more important than you having this drink so you're telling me that you cannot not drink while i'm here or whatever you understand what I'm saying? Whatever that may need, may look like for you, you need to change your environment. You need to change your atmosphere. You cannot cast out a demon that has permission to live there. You cannot cast out a spirit that you gave permission to dwell there. You gave that spirit permission to dwell there. What is that spirit? The spirit of lust, the spirit of fornication, the spirit of fear, the spirit of doubt, the spirit of worry, the spirit of this. All these things are spirits. And if you're giving it access to live in your life, to dwell there, you can't go to church and cast it out. You have to, do, you have to make a choice to say, you know what? I want better. I want what God says for me. I no longer sin, which we all still sin in some way, shape, or form, right? How do we still sin, Erica, when we don't? When we sit here and doubt God, that's a sin. When we sit here and fear, that's a sin. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. He didn't give us that. That's, doubt is not in his vocabulary. We sin uh, cursing, standing in agreement with things that make God look like a liar, that his word says not to stand in agreement with. When you're cheering people on of doing something that God said don't do, you're standing in agreement with them. So you really have to change your environment. So now I'm like, okay, I want to be delivered from unhealthy relationships. I want healthy relationships. Now relationships is the umbrella and it's things that fall underneath, such as friendships. I had a series of friendships. I won't even say a series. I have few friends that were not healthy for me. It was extremely not healthy. I had an ex-best friend that um, I thought was my best friend. And um, it was toxic. It was very straining 
and exhausting to be her friend. And um, I was always people pleasing with her. I was walking on eggshells. I wasn't my authentic self. I couldn't be honest in the friendship um, because she will always get upset and things of that nature. Like I didn't like that. I always had to cover up things. If I went out with a new group of friends or associates from work, it would be an issue. And I just felt like this was like a relationship and it was unhealthy. And then I had another relationship where another friendship, which I thought was a friendship that stemmed from, um, my son and his friend. And as we continue to grow and grow and grow and evolve and things of that nature, I was always there to support, right? Always there to support. That's one thing about me. I'm going to support you. If that's really your passion and your drive, and I see that's something meaningful, I'm going to support you. And as I was starting my work with Christ, it was certain things that I was learning in, in his word. And it was certain things that I was seeing from not just her, but other people. It's just hers was in my face a lot. And I was just like, yeah, I don't agree with that. Like, it made me very uncomfortable. Or it made my spirit feel a certain way. It made me convicted. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just not going to. I didn't know the right way to say this was disturbing me without offending her because with me i'm like dang when i call you my friend you're my friend right so i never really want i don't ever 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 my agenda my objective my in, uh, intentions is never to hurt my friends ever especially if i call you my friend and i know the definition of a friend um i'm never gonna my intentions is never to hurt you so it was it was very challenging for me to verbalize how i felt and what I was uncomfortable with without hurting her feelings. Because at one point, she took everything personal. She took everything to heart, opposed to constructive criticism or looking at it. And one of the things I also view, start to notice is that our beliefs were completely different. Like, uh, she would say, and most people do this a lot, oh, I believe in God. That's great. But I want to know the name of your God. Because I'm not going to see and assume that you serve the same God that I serve. The God that I serve, his name is Jesus Christ. I need to know the name that your God is. Because your God could be Allah. Your God could be all these other people. But I need to know the name of your God so I don't get so caught up. When people be like, oh, I serve the same God. Oh, God is amazing. God is this. What's the name of your God? I need to be sure because I need to be mindful of who I stand in agreement with. Amen. So she always used to say, oh, I believe God. And I'm just be like, even that, when she spoke, convicted my spirit. Like, I know you don't. And you're really trying to deceive me. But again, who am I? Right? So God knew the challenges that I was having. He understood the struggle. Right? So um, I started to watch behaviors and patterns and things of that nature. And I, I promise you, the Holy Spirit brought it to my vision. He let me see things. And that friendship resulted to being over. And I was fine with it because I seen everything. I no longer could trust you. Um, you had no loyalties to me. You was on the bandwagon. Everybody was your best friend, your best needed. It was no, it was no loyalty. It was still trying to find something to fill a void. Um... It just didn't serve no purpose for me. We had absolutely nothing in common. Like our conversations, 
the life you were living, that's for you, cool, but that's not what was for me. So you wasn't anyone that I can go to and speak and say, hey, girl, this is what's going on. Or, you know, can you pray for me? And this and third. No, you result that these individuals resulted to crystals and sage and the universe and all of this. And I'm just like, I need a friend that's going to speak scripture that is going to be able to have a Bible study with me. Like I need those kind of individuals around my life and the Lord knew it. So therefore that relationship was removed from me. And I just thank God for it. Like it was no like, Oh my God, I missed them. This and the third. I did miss, I, I do sort of go back and forth and think about my, my best friend. Um, because, and I believe the Lord puts her on my spirit from time to time because I really hope that, you know, she's okay. Like, she just had a birthday yesterday. She hit her 40th. So I just pray that she's doing what she really wanted. She wanted to finish school and all these things. So I just really hope that she's on a straight path and she's able to do what God calls her to do. I just pray that she's not repeating the cycles because the enemy repeats in cycles and God moves in seasons and you know he just put her on my spirit however other friendships i'm just like eh, that has run its course and it's okay for friendships to run its course it's it's okay don't beat yourself up for friendships that run its course friendships are for seasons it's for a certain period of time and it's for seasons reasons and you know all that cliche things but it's certain people that's there for a lifetime and there's certain people that's only there for a season to teach you a valuable lesson and that's it. And you have to be okay with that. You have to ask God to give you the strength to be okay with people just taking a back burner on your life. And that's including family. And this is another place where the Lord is delivering me from. And it might struck a nerve with some of my listeners that's going to listen. But um, certain family members, a lot of people... Um, attach these titles to their families or they feel because they have these titles that they're obligated for a position in your life they're obligated to know certain things about you they're obligated to be in your presence just because they hold the title um so i also wanted to be delivered from the toxicity of my mom the verbal abuse the mental abuse <laughs> The emotional abuse. It's just, I can't be healed. I'm healed from the trauma from that of not having my mom in my life the way I needed to. The teaching and the upbringings, being in foster care. As you guys heard from episode one until now, you heard a little bit about the trauma that I experienced, right? So I'm healed from that. The Lord healed me from that, things of that nature. But I need to be delivered from that. And how do I be delivered from that is that I have to remove people from my environment. I have to change my atmosphere. What does that look like when it's your mother? So I had a situation um, in the past. My mother liked to control my household. She liked to control what I say, what I do, who I'm with, who's my friend. She wanted to have a lot of control over my life, even as an adult no longer lived in our home i haven't lived with my mother in 17 years like i moved out at the age of 22 my son was three years old like i moved out there's nothing you can tell me i pay my own bills i support myself like you can no longer have control over my life but 
I wanted my mother, if you guys are hearing me. Like, I wanted my mother figure in my life. Yes, she wasn't the mother that I needed her to be. But just having my mother around and doing the holidays and the shopping and the things that you see on TV, going to get your manicure and hair done and shopping. I wanted that relationship. I wanted to create those memories now because I didn't have those before. And it didn't work out like that. It stood like that for a very brief moment. And then when I didn't do what my mother wanted me to do, I got the verbal abuse. I'm never going to be nothing again. I got this. I got that. Give me back things like it was. We used to call it an Indian giver. So she would take things back that she bought me or my children or my son at the time. And it hurt my kid. It hurt my son at the moment. And I was just like, no. What you did with me, you're not going to repeat it with my son. So I removed that. Now that I have my daughter, I sense that she's trying to do the same thing. So it was an incident that occurred um, not too long ago. And it resulted to um, just... It just resulted um, emotionally... Uh, what I went through and I saw and plus the Holy Spirit God already confirmed it through my shepherd um, prophetically to bless my daughter and he forewarned me that something was trying to you know re resurface itself again in my child that happened to me and I was just a little lost with it but then when I saw things started to unravel I said wow this is what the Holy Spirit was warning me about through my shepherd. And I'm so thankful to have a shepherd that can actually hear God. That's a true prophet. And I saw these things unraveling and I said, okay, I need to be delivered from this. And I can't be delivered from this if this is still in my surrounding. Um, so I had to cut my mom off and deal with her from a distance. Um, now, some of you that may listen and be like, oh, my God, Erica, you have one mother. That's about it. Some people don't have their mother. They wish that they could bring their mother back. They wish that they could have her. I get it. And no, I'm not. I can hear it in the spirit even before this episode is released out. Oh, honor thy mother and thy father and your days will be longer. I did honor my mother. I didn't curse her out. I didn't call her on her name. I wasn't nothing. I just said that you're toxic. And I defended my children, my child, and I didn't have to resort to resort to profanity. I didn't resort to all of these things. No, I just said you're still toxic. You're trying to trick me into thinking that you're you're better and that you want to do something better, but you're always just resurfaced. Your true colors was exposed, and now I know what I have to do. To fully be delivered from this area of my life. To fully protect my children at all causes. Because I never want my children to have to be healed and delivered from a trauma that's not even theirs. They have to be healed and delivered from a wound that don't belong to them. So why would I continue to inflict my child, my children, with that trauma, with that hurt, that pain? So, I love my mom dearly. Don't ever want anything happen to her. But she's not welcome in my presence until she's able to change her behaviors. And if her behaviors never change, if she decides never to change her behaviors, 
then you just won't be in my life. You will hear things about me from a distance. And that's what a lot of family members I have. I don't speak to a lot of my cousins. I don't speak to my uncles. Um, some of my uncles I don't speak to. And it's no fault to my own. It's just that they were raised in an unhealthy, toxic environment. They never received deliverance. And they continue to continue in that cycle of raising their children in this environment that they're not healed. They just swept it under the rug or put a bandaid over it and never addressed it. So when they are unable to be emotionally available to their children is because of their childhood wounds that they never address. Those hard conversations my uncles and my mom never addressed with each other. They never addressed it with their mother who is now deceased over 20 something years. Like my grandmother passed away with all of these things that her children probably would never be able to say to her to ask all these questions of why you did this, why you wasn't there, why you wasn't that, why you wasn't this, or to even come to terms with their mom not being emotionally affected or emotionally available or whatever that may be. But now the Lord has chosen me and for some of you, he's chosen you to be that general, generational curse breaker. To break the curse in your generation, in your family history. I will never allow the cycles to repeat itself with my children. I can't speak for my brothers because my little brothers do not have children yet. But I pray that because of me, because I'm the one that's going to church because I'm the one that's praying because the one I'm the one that's sacrificing in my family that my brothers would not allow their children to have to heal from wounds that they didn't get healing from that they didn't get delivered from we are already healed and I'm gonna continue to say it because Isaiah 55 53 and 5 says by his stripes we were already healed so we're already healed from that we're healed from our sin now we need to be delivered from certain places which is the toxicity of unhealthy relationships so that way we'll be able to say this is unhealthy relationship I don't want to take this into a healthy relationship we can't continue to ask God God I want a healthy friendship I want a healthy marriage I want a healthy relationship with my husband with my wife but yet you continue to surround yourself in unhealthy environments yes I get it that's a norm for you that's all you know but when you have the realization, when you're able to see, okay, this is the unhealthy place that I was raised in. This is the unhealthy environment that I was um, subjected to. Now you get to look at relationships and friendships that are the complete opposite to that. So now it should gravitate you to want to have that opposed to be accustomed to this. And change is a challenge for everybody. Change is not easy. Change is not easy. However, but if you trust God, if you trust Christ in this process of your change and evolving, it, he will equip you and he will give you a peace. This change, this transition that I've done in my life was not an easy one. It wasn't a hard one. But it wasn't one that I was used to. I was used to leaning to my own understanding. I was used to picking my own relationships. Like, oh, I like him. He talks good. He looks good. He's respectful. I want to date him. But we can't date just anybody. Men or women that's listening to this podcast, we can't date just anybody. We need someone that is able to carry 
the anointing that we have on our lives. And the person that God has for us, they're going to have their own anointing. So we have to be able to handle what they're carrying. Because it comes with a lot. Some of us may be called to a, 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 a ministry of prophecy. You got to be able to handle as a spouse that your husband or your wife has a prophetic gift. Has a prophetic ministry because when they are attacked, the household gets attacked. So you got to know when to pray, when to cover your wife, when to cover the household. When you know she's in that, that limb, that spiritual limb where God is using him or her, you got to know, okay, my husband, my wife is in that vein. Let me pray. Let me get on my face so that way I can protect the kids because she was on an assignment. He is on an assignment. My friends, shout out to one of my dearest friends. And uh, she and I met two years ago in school. And... I'm just I'm just really thankful for her. I'm so thankful for her. I'm so thankful for her wisdom. And I spoke to her today and I you know, I was venting and I was expressing some frustrations and she was listening. She was listening. She wasn't judging me. She 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 didn't condemn me. All she said was, "How could I support you through this? Tell me ways on how I could support you." And I didn't really have any clear direction on how she can support me. I was just like, just like this. Just at times, just listen. And if the Lord puts it on your heart to share some wisdom, cool. But it's really nothing that you can do. But I'm glad to know I have someone there to support me as I'm going through this. So, God is going to send people in your life that's going to be able to carry that anointing that's going to be able to deal with the anointing that you have on your life but you gotta be you gotta be willing because he's able to deliver you you can't ask god for deliverance but continue to surround yourself in those atmospheres and those environments you can't continue to ask god to deliver you but yet you're still in this place like yes i'm gonna miss my mom but at the end of the day, my children are way more important than her. My children are way more important. Their mindset is way more important. My daughter is only six. My son is 18, so he really don't have to deal with it because he's a young adult. So he can choose to be bothered with people at this point. But my six-year-old, she, she's still a baby. Like she's still, Her mind is still developing and growing and things of that nature. And I refuse for her to have to feel like oh my god do my grandmother hate me or like me or why she treats me like this and the reality is she's treating my kids like this because of me she wants to control me and she knows she can't control me because i'm an adult so the only way that she can control me is through my children and you're not doing that i'm not even giving you that kind of leverage so i'm asking the lord to deliver me and he did and in delivering me He's removing me from atmospheres. And I'm making the choice to remove myself from atmospheres that are going to hinder my deliverance. That is going to put me in a position to forfeit what God said for me. And that's including friendships. That's including intimate relationships. I'm not dating anyone or being courted by anyone or entertaining any male that's going to even... Think about making me compromise what God told me to do. I had a conversation with a friend of mine 
um, he ended up telling me, you know, that he had feelings for me and all these things. And um, I did, you know, admire him at one point. You know, um, I still do admire him because he, he is a good man. He is a very good man. Um, and he will be a great husband to somebody, just not me. Um, but we was talking and um, having a conversation. And we spoke about, like, the process of courting. Like, when you're being courted, um, are you allowed to like what are the limitations when you're courting are you allowed to kiss are you allowed to touch you know things of that nature and i was just like for me no it's gonna be very limited like if i do kiss a person that i'm courting a guy that i'm interested in it may be a peck on the cheek um he may give me a peck on my forehead but it ain't gonna be all that tongue action groping and all of that because let's not play stupid we know where that can lead to and I've been on my abstinence journey for four years now. And when I first started, I didn't have the thought process of, oh, I'm stopping this until marriage. No. In the beginning, I was just like, I don't like this feeling. I don't want to do this anymore. Remove this feeling from me until you feel that you, you want to give this desire back. Right? Because we're women. We have feelings like we have you know needs god knows these things he gave us these things so we can utilize them in the right manner with your husband or your wife right so those feelings were subjected they were removed let me correct myself they were you know put on hold until the lord was able to say you know what you're at a mature stage in your life to handle these feelings to identify these feelings and to know what to do and how to uh, place those things on, in subjection. I have to subject those feelings that you're having. So when he was talking, me and this guy friend was talking, I was like, I'm not compromising my four years of my discipline and self-control. No, 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 no. This is fruit that I bear. And this took years to, to bear this fruit of self-control and self-awareness and kindness and faithfulness. And I'm not compromising that. And the man that God has for me will not put me in a position to compromise that either. So, if you know, if you claim, oh, I like you, I think about you a lot, and this and that, you only think about me in the sexual way, in the physical form. Yeah, me being intelligent and doing this and a good mother, great. But in all facts of the matter is he only thinks of me in the physical way. So, therefore, your agenda is probably to marry me later but you want to test drive this vehicle before you purchase it and I'm, I'm i'm just not there so you know i was just like it's going to be very limited and the man that god has for me he's not going to compromise it so therefore if he knows that i'm on this journey nine times out of ten he's on this journey too he's going to make a decision prior to meeting me to go on this journey to purify his body to you know cleanse his temple to have some self-control so that way when he does meet his rib meet his eve we'll be able to share that we will actually have a first right we will be born again and we'll be able to consummate our marriage based on the covenant of god because if you guys really study the word sex is a form of worship let's be very clear sex is a form of worship under the covenant of god because now this union it's under God's covenant. It got God's permission. Now God it approves of this union. He approves of this covenant. 
now you can have sex with your husband and wife and don't have to repent because now this is a form of worship is thanking God for this mate. Thank you, God, for allowing me to wait this time that I waited. Thank you, God, for giving me the knowledge, wisdom and understanding of my body as a temple and I must honor it as such. And I'm glorifying God with my body because he said be fruitful and multiply in Genesis. So how is he going to give us a command to be fruitful and multiply, but yet don't combine a union? For that to happen. So let's not get all yucky and childish when we when we say the word sex. Sex is a form of worship. God loves sex. Sex is a great thing. When it's done in the right order and decency. Which is with your husband or your wife. So again with that gentleman. He's a friend but I'm not even engaging in conversation with him anymore. Because it's like you have you don't care nor do you respect my journey you don't respect my process but i do respect his honesty because he was like that wouldn't work for him and i said well great because i wasn't even trying to court you like i'm not interested of thinking anything else like you express how you felt i express how i felt that bridge has that ship has sailed a long time ago but i gave up these examples to you guys so that way you can understand how god is delivering you from environments and atmospheres so that way you won't forfeit your promise you won't forfeit your destiny for you won't have to continue to sin in your life but allow not changing your environment you are allowing the enemy to keep you in bondage to keep you in slavery and that's why the lord gave me that song deliver me and when you guys get a chance please i want you to listen to the song it's called Deliver Me by Donald Lawrence featuring Leandria Johnson. Listen to the words. And it helps you get an understanding of deliverance. Delivering you from bondage, from captivity. Delivering you from slavery. That unhealthy relationship, those unhealthy friendships, keeps you in bondage from even wanting to even venture out and welcome in people that are not like them you don't even give a chance to new people coming in like oh my god you're gonna hurt me you're you're i'm not you're gonna betray me and you don't even give these people a chance but because you're so used to of the other friends hurting you that's all you can think about is them hurting you but you don't even give the new set of people god bringing into your life a chance so this is a season where god has to strengthen your discernment your wisdom, your clarity, your knowledge, and your understanding. Look at those past relationships. Examine how you felt. Examine how they made you feel. Examine them. Be like, that's not healthy. And now you look at the friendships that God is now about to welcome into your life. And you go, wow, this is completely different than what I had. And that should be your answer. That should be your drive to remove yourself. Be like, okay, that friendship was cool, but I don't want that anymore. I want this. So that's where I'm at. That's the season I'm in. I'm in the season of preparation. Let me correct myself. The Lord has me in a season of preparation. And in the season of preparation, he's delivering me from people, places, and things. And as he's removing me from atmospheres and environments, he's bringing in new people he's answering my prayers of healthy prayers and things of that nature so i am extremely grateful for what god is doing i look forward to 2024 i look forward to what god is doing in my life with my 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 
marriage, my love life that's coming, my children, my friendships, my career, this podcast. I want to see how far God elevates it. Um, I'm just excited that I have the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding and how to imply imply each of those things to every area of my life. Don't just take one thing and apply it. I need you guys to take every single thing, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. I need you to apply all of that to your life in every single area. Every single area, apply those things because God is going to help you through it all. If it wasn't for Christ, I do not know how I would get this far. I'm so honest with you guys. And in my journey of being abstinent, I don't know how I got this far without not reverting back. And trust me, I was extremely close of being like, yo, let me call him up real quick. Da, 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 da. But the conviction, the thought process of, oh my God, how could I look myself in the mirror? Like, it wasn't even worth it, y'all. But the Lord is delivering you because he's delivering me. And I just pray that my experiences and what I went through how I overcome them makes you want to even know my source even more. My source is Jesus Christ and he is a dope dude. You're going to have some uncomfortable moments, but sometimes he got to put you in uncomfortable moments to get you where he needs you to be. So trust God in a season. I love you. Go in peace, go in power, like comment, subscribe, share, 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 and stay tuned for next Saturday's episode. I love y'all. Go in peace, go in power. Have a blessed one. Till next time.